0: As you guys may know, we have our our lovely four girls, and I won't embarrass them too much because they always love when I call them out during service. But my kids, um, some some things that are special about them, other than, I mean, God has has blessed us with them, is is that it's their birthdays. And uh, so, yeah, it's awesome, and and I feel like I have uniqueness in my house because um, as one child is... Her birthday is at the end of this month. Her birthday is on October 31st, so it's it's Halloween. And then we uh, have a, another child that's born January 15th in honor of Martin Luther King Day, right? And, and then we have another one that's born on Leap Day, so we only get to celebrate her every four years. Well, we celebrate her every year, but she actually it's it's really awesome because this upcoming year she gets a birthday. So excited about and then. Um, my lovely oldest, as we say, "Hey, you're the start of school." Yes, happy birthday! So, but you know, the thing is, is that just that uniqueness then made me think of like, oh, well, we have some special days in the month of October. So, as we are right here at the 15th, we can see some of these these special days that are that are here in October. Um, October 2nd, I was very in, impressed with some of these. is National Name Your Car Day. Um, So if you didn't name your car, well, you're a little late on it, but it's okay. I think every car that comes into our family gets a name, Um, whether or not the parents agree with them, the kids are naming the cars. Um, October 6th is National Noodle Day, um, which I was like, that's a very interesting day, National Noodle Day. Um, We have Farmers Day, so Toby, thank you. That's October 12th that so hey, thank you Toby for what you do that was a couple of days ago um, see yesterday was National Dessert Day so sorry we didn't have was yesterday we missed it so that was October 14th um, I, I like the, the the next one is National Payback of Friend Day I'm like Sometimes I wonder, like, who in the world makes up these things? But it's National Payback of Friend Day. So if you have someone that owes you something um, on Tuesday, say, hey, you, you need to pay me back. So um, we have October 21st is uh, Back to the Future Day. For some of you that know that, that back... That, see, I grew up on that stuff. Looking forward to those movies coming out. But Back to the Future Day is October 21st. We have National Baloney Day. I know, isn't that, October 24th, uh, I, that's awesome, so, and then we have National First Responders Day on October 28th, I know we have a couple first responders, so thank you guys for what you do, ladies and gentlemen, thank you, I appreciate what you do, um, yeah, we, we even got to talk to the kids, and it was really cool just being able to talk to the kids whenever that fire whistle goes off about how we pray for, for those first responders. So just say, know that you are being prayed for every time that whistle goes off. And we thank you for what you do. And then October 30th is uh, National Candy Corn Day. I know some people are like, man, I love candy corn. Some people, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, I got an amen from the front. But, uh, But then I also know that some people are like, candy corn? Like, yeah, so that's on October 30th. But today, October 15th. There's a lot of things that happen on October 15th. Yes, we're here today, but October 15th is actually National Grouch Day. (laughs) National Grouch Day. That's weird. But anyway, it's National Grouch Day. Listen, I I will say this. Okay, as I say this, I'm not going to look at anybody, but I'm going to look back up above the basketball hoop. But husbands, don't look at your wives. Wives, don't look at your husbands. Kids, don't look at your parents. Parents, if you want to look at your kids, look at your kids. That's okay. But, but today is National Grouch Day. And um, one thing I, I found about National Grouch Day, and you got to look at this. It's, it's, it's like, I mean, it's on the internet, so it's got to be true, right? So it says this. This is a day to celebrate all the grouches we know or to embrace the grouch that lives inside all of us. On this day, no one can stop us from complaining, being irritable, or wallowing in misery. Because that's what grouches do. I'm going to be honest. I'm a Steelers fan, and I got to sit and watch that game. I am really happy they are not playing this week. I have never looked more forward to a bye week. But I'm telling you, like, I was like, oh, okay, they won, okay. But I am really glad. You know, so that we do not have... and That it's not necessarily a Steeler holiday, being, like I said, a Steelers fan. But, so, it's a day that, I guess, grouches, you can do whatever. You can do whatever you want to do. But, you know, some of the things that as I think about grouchiness, and I'm like, wow, that's just very interesting thinking about grouches. So then I'm like, there is a point to this. I do have a point, but we're going to get to it. But, you know, then I'm thinking... Well, what can we do to handle our grouchiness? Okay, what do we do to handle our grouchiness? Well, we know that the um, I feel like the world has a lot of answers for our grouchiness, right? So we have a lot of answers that we could possibly do to handle our grouchiness. We have um, we we could we could drink some tea, right? Just stay cozy. Like we can have some tea. That'll help us in our grouchiness. We can, we can, thank you, I like the background. We can have some, some chocolate. We can have some, listen, we can, we can just sit. We can listen to some Kenny G. Yeah, you know who Kenny G is, some of you guys. I know. I had to sit through it too when I was a kid. I'm like, Kenny G, you could just sit and you can relax to handle that grouchiness. You could read a book, this book called Dream Big. All right, so I can do different things to handle my grouchiness. You know, one thing I'm really good at is sometimes I just like to take a nap (laughs) and I can handle my grouchiness, right? So there's a lot of things that we can do that the world tells us that we can handle our grouchiness. All right, we can cut the music. We can get Kenny G too much. So, but there's a lot of things that we can do to be able to handle our grouchiness. You know, the thing in my house, it's like usually if, if we're sick, or it's it's like it's, there's options. It's you, you go to the bathroom or go to sleep. That, that's that we're going to solve the problem. But there's things that we can do. The world tells us that we can handle the grouch, okay? But really, and we all know that, but these are just temporary solutions to a bigger problem. So, last week, we, we, Ed, was, Ed was speaking, and he said about like one of his favorite verses, and it's Psalm 910. And Psalm 910 says this, Those who know your name, trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. But in order to really handle the grouch, we got to know God more. We have to know God more. So, this message, well, I was going to say, see, I feel like grouch, like it's, it's inspired by the letter. No, I'm not going to do like Sesame Street. But it did make me think about, well, what's some grouchiness that we can even see in Scripture? And like I said, this was inspired actually by our kids' service or our kids' Wednesday night program. Because we started talking about one of these characters. Now, when I think of the Bible and I look in the Bible, we can probably find a whole bunch of grouches in in the Bible. But one thing that we're going to do is we're going to look at a person named Daniel. I love this... The, you, you think first thought. Some of us that are a little older might think, "Where's the flannel graph?" Right? We talked about it last week. Like, I mean, thinking of like the story of Daniel. So, but where did Daniel come from? And if we look at the beginning of Daniel, it says, "In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and he besieged it, and the Lord delivered Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand." realizing that without God there was no way that even the king of Babylon was going to be able to take uh, his people. But with the Lord delivered Jehoiakim king of Judah into his hand along with some of the articles from the temple of God. And we keep reading through Daniel. We'll also see that Nebuchadnezzar also took the Israelites that were of the royal family and nobility. And with some training, and with some training, after years of training, he was pulling them into his court. People that he would use as his advisors and his leaders. But that took time. So, we're going to actually be going out of Daniel 6. And some of you might be like, oh, this is a very familiar story. And it might be, and it may not be. But, just as we do a quick review, King Darius, who was king of, at that time... He had 120 provinces within his kingdom. It was, but it was broken up by all those 120 provinces, and he had a, a, a satrap, or he had a prince, lead each one of those pro, or each one of those provinces. And then over all of those satraps, all of those princes, we had three people that were in charge of them, that looked over them. But there was one who actually stood, up among, stood out among all of those, and that was Daniel. And in verse 3 in chapter 6, it says this, Now Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. So even though Daniel, and I'm looking at this, I'm like, Daniel was a prisoner of war. He was a prisoner of war, but... His character, his qualities, set him above everybody else in the kingdom. And in verse 4, it continues. It says that this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs, but they were unable to do so. So, if you're not sure, here comes the grouch. Here comes the grouch, the the other administrators, the satraps. They came in, and now they're trying to find fault. It says they could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I'm going to repeat that again. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. How many of us, church, how many of us can truly say that about ourselves, that we are trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. I hope the majority of us can, but I think when we know ourselves, we're like, ah, but I didn't do this, or I looked at this, or or, I went down this path, or, or different things, but I'm just saying even right now, there was no sin of commission or omission, meaning that he didn't choose to do something, or he forgot to do something in sinning against people. But you know what grouchiness does? Grouchiness does this. It, it looks for faults in others. Our grouchiness. It, when we're grouchy, like I just, I'm sorry. I just think of grouchy. I think of like Oscar. Just got the big like. I'm just so angry and just so grouchy, and nothing ever makes me happy. Just your face is just so grumpy that you are a grouch. But that grouchiness looks for faults in others. Continuing in verse 5, it says, Finally, these men said, We'll never find any basis for charges against this man Daniel unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Wow. Just to add about, if we can say that we're trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent, what if the only fault that people could find in our lives had to do with our relationship with God. Wow. To think that, man, someone is trying to find garbage on you. They're trying to find dirt on you, and it's just like, I don't see anything. But if I can make up something or I can find something that has to do with his relationship or her relationship with God, that's the only fault that I'm going to find in this person. Do we know, church, that grouchiness will try to separate us from God? Our our grouchiness, that that spirit will try to separate us from God. So the other trusted advisors had problems with Daniel. And it's not because he sinned against them or he didn't follow some rules. It's because why? Because he was more liked. Because they were jealous. He had favor with the king. And that jealousy inside of them, that birth. Yeah, it birthed some grouchiness, but it it also birthed a desire to try to divide Daniel from what he had with God. Continuing in Daniel, look at verse 6. It says this, so these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. Man, it's just that flattery the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Church, do we know that grouchiness breeds deceit? Our grouchiness, hopefully. But uh, being honest, our grouchiness breeds deceit. Because if I'm grouchy, then no it's gotta be my way. You guys ever hear the, the phrase of and I ain't happy? Ain't nobody gonna be happy. Right? Like it's just that well if 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 I don't get in my way, nobody else is getting their way either. And that's that grouchiness, that's that spirit, that these men, that these These administrators, these prefects, these satraps. And yeah, they were lying because it wasn't a unanimous decision. But they're saying, yeah, everybody agrees that we're only going to praise you, that we're only going to pray to you. Verse 8 goes on. It says, now your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. I'm like, I'm studying this and I'm reading through this. And then I couldn't get the tails out of my head. And now I just put it in yours. You're welcome. If you have not seen it, it's like, bum, 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 You know, you know oh no, what we going to do? You know, like the king likes Daniel more than me and you. Okay, but I will keep going. But the thing is, is that, but that's what I think of. Okay, they're not just some angry vegetables, but there are people that are trying to separate Daniel from his God. Grouchiness will give us a false sense of position. Grouchiness will give us a false sense of of position. You know, grouchiness can make us feel like everything's okay. Yeah, it's all good. Everything's fine. Oh, sorry. Okay, that word right there, that's a, um, that's a bad word in my house. Fine. That's like a bad word. Okay, and I'm just going to be honest because when you say you're fine, what does it mean? I'm okay. Thank you. I heard my wife say it. You're non committal. Like, you're not committed to, like, oh, how's everything or how's the food? It's fine. What do you mean it's fine? Like, is it like. Is it fine? Like, or is it like, just, yeah? okay, fine. But that's the thing is, is that crouchiness can give us a false sense of position. It's a lack of commitment. We keep going in in Daniel 6, and then we jump to verse 10, and it says, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, I love this part, when he learned that the decree had been published, that anyone who prays or worships anybody but the king for the next 30 days, Daniel, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and he prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he'd done before. Just because the situation around him was changing, just because people were grouchy and they were in mood, That did not change what Daniel was doing. He went home, went in front of the window, went on his knees, and he prayed just as he did before. Then these men went as a group and and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. Wow, what do we do, church? What do we do when we get some unfavorable news? Whenever there's a sickness, or there's a disease, or there's a death of a loved one, or even the death of a pet, we lose a job. We get behind on our bills. Our vehicle is broke down. We have difficulty in our marriage. Or what if our kids aren't listening to us, whether in school or at home? If you homeschool, that's both. It doesn't matter. Like if you you have this issue, when we have some unfavorable things, do we go to God or do we go to the grouch? Okay? Do we go to God or do we go to the grouch? Then I think of what was Daniel saying? What was Daniel saying when he knew all this, his rough stuff, this bad news was going? So what was he praying? I mean, he's doing it three times a day. And I don't think he was doing it just because he had breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I don't think those are the three times that he was praying. I think that he was spending time with God. But what was he saying? So then I look up and I'm just finding different things. And so Psalm 64 says this. It says, Hear me, my God, as I voice my complaint. Protect my life from the threat of the enemy. Hide me from the conspiracy of the wicked, from the plots of evildoers. They sharpen their tongues like swords, and aim cruel words like deadly arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent. They shoot suddenly without fear. What is Daniel saying to God? This is a familiar verse for you as well. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name and verse 4 says this even even when I walk through the darkest valley I will not be afraid for you are close beside me your rod and your staff protect and they comfort me what if he said this the earth is the Lord's and everything in it the world and all its people belong to him For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Who may climb the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? Only those whose hands and hearts are pure. Who do do not worship idols and never tell lies. They will receive the Lord's blessing and have right standing with God their Savior. I can just imagine Daniel in this room praying out to God. He knows the scripture, he knows the word, because he knows God. What if God's saying this to Daniel? Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Wow. What if, it's like this in Isaiah, it says do not be afraid. For I am with you. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and I will help you and I will hold you in my victorious right hand. This is a conversation that I want to be a part of. How about this? The Lord Himself in Deuteronomy says, The Lord Himself goes before you and be, will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Wow. What if that's the conversation that God is having with Daniel at this time? Another one in Jeremiah, and we say this a lot, but for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. I know it looks dark, but trust me, trust me. So going back into Daniel, well, look, we jump in now into verse 12. And it says this, So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Uh, did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who praised any god or human being except to you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, well, The decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and Persians, which cannot be repealed. And we keep going in verse thirteen, and it says this. It says, "Then they said to the king, Daniel. Let me tell you, this this guy, this Daniel, who's one of the exiles from Judah. Remember, he's one of the prisoners. Even though I'm, I know that he's had time to step up, but he, he, he's like, he's not even really one of us. He pays no attention to you, your Majesty, or to the decree you put in writing. He still prays three times a day." When the king heard this, he was greatly distressed. He was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. Church, do we know that grouchiness is self-seeking? It's self-seeking. When, we, when I was sitting in the chair, it was everything about me. Sleep helps me make me feel better. Oh, the pillow, the chair, it's nice and comfortable, makes me feel good. I could drink something and stay cozy. It's about me. It's not about everybody else. That's what grouchiness is. It's self-seeking. It seeks only to please itself. The advisors were really good at praising the king, but they had their own selfish intentions to get what pleases them. Verse 15 goes on and it says, Then the men went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember your majesty. That according to the law of the Medes and Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. But the thing that jumps out to me in this, it says, and the king said to Daniel, may your God, who you serve continually, rescue you. The king knew Daniel's character. It wasn't just some guy. It wasn't just some administrator, it wasn't just some it wasn't just some farmer. It wasn't just some construction worker. It wasn't just some guy on a computer. It wasn't just some nurse. It was man, I know him. And I know this person and I know who they serve. May your God, who you serve continually, rescue you. Church, do we know that grouchiness? And I can even take the word selfishness or bitterness. It is never satisfied it always wants more it always wants more it always wants more i'm never satisfied nothing i can do is with in that grouchiness that spirit of grouchiness can ever be satisfied and king darius he knew he messed up right we know that we can read that now and thinking of darius too is you know he heard the story. He heard about how, where Daniel, where he came from. We knew that he uh, Dan, he also, King Darius also knew that his God, Daniel's God, was interpreting dreams, right? Daniel was a dream interpreter. I, I have a feeling that the king also heard about Daniel's friend and this fiery furnace. Like that, that, that word, that stuff had to get out. He knew that Daniel's God was more than just another God. But the grouchiness of the advisors was never satisfied. It's like Burger King, right? They, got it, they wanted it their way. They wanted it their way. And then we keep going in verse 17. It says this. It says, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the, the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. I, you know what I'm, I'm praising God for is that the king only knew so much. He thought that his situation couldn't be changed. But there was a lot more going on that he didn't even know. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. Keep going in verse 19, it says that, at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions. That's that thought. Then I'm like, did he really think that, well, maybe he really knew. Like there's something, there's something different about this Daniel guy. There's something different. Maybe, maybe God did really save him. There's maybe an, there, there may be a slim chance that it happened. So King Darius knew that God, the God of Daniel was different. In verse 21, it says, as Daniel answered, may the king live forever. Sorry, I'm thinking as the king and you, you throw this guy into this lion den and all of a sudden you're like, I'm just throwing it out there. Maybe I hear something back. And all of a sudden Daniel says, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouth of the lion. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent. In whose sight? In his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. Just saying. Just letting you know. Church, do we know that grouchiness will never overtake our God? It does not matter what the world may line up against us. There's a lot of things that are going to happen that are going to come our way. But grouchiness will never overtake our God. In verse 23, it says this, The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Church, do we know that not only will grouchiness never overtake our God, do you know that the grouchiness will be consumed? If you guys know what happens in verse 24, it's not really pleasurable. That's when the king said, Hey, where's those trusted advisors at right now? and threw them into the lines then. And as we say in our kids' group, they were no more. Okay? They were no more, because that grouchiness will be consumed. And we look at verse 25, it says, Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and people of every language and in all the earth, May you prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. It keeps going, it says, For he is the living God. And he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. I'm telling you, I'm the king. And I'm telling you that the kingdom of God will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on the earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. I've got to tell you. I've got to tell you, as the king is saying... Uh, they're, they're, uh, look, I thought that these guys had it going on, but I'm telling you what, there's something a lot bigger than these, this grouch. There's a lot more that, that Daniel was serving. He's not just serving a God. He is serving the God. The living God. Grouchiness. It looks for fault in others. It will try to separate us from God. It breeds deceit. It gives us a false sense of position and it is self-seeking. It is never satisfied. But it will never overtake our God and it will be fully consumed. Church, there's things that we can do. Brothers and sisters, there's things that we can do. We can find some temporary relief. We can find things that make us feel good for a moment. But God is so much more. He is so much more. Please stand with me. Father God, I'm going to admit... Lord, there's times I'm a little grouchy. There's things when they don't go my way, I get frustrated, I get irritated, I get upset. But God, that's all my flesh. I pray that this week, our spirit would be connected with you. That our spirit is connected to you. Father, I pray that we we have so much more of you. God, from the worship to your word. God, I just want more. Father, I just want more. God, even as I'm I'm praying, I just I, I thought of <laughs> I thought of something. Something I saw on, on, on Facebook this morning. It was it was the, the post that said Man, I just wish that God would talk to me. And it said, well, read the Bible. It says, well, no, but I, I, I want to hear, I would be cool to hear him out loud. And it said, well, then read the Bible out loud. So God, may we not take your word and just throw it around or throw it away or put it on the shelf for this week. But God, may your word, may you, May your word be spoken out loud in our lives this week, each and every day. Because there is no room for the grouch, Lord. There is no room for the grouch in what you want to do. God, thank you. Thank you for this body. God, guide us as we leave today. Help us to always focus in on you. In your name we pray, Lord. Amen. Have a great day.